Slow first quarter starts and ghosts on the field have plagued the Giants offense this season. Along with that, the team just can't seem to stay healthy, but it seems like a few key players could be returning from injuries this week. So how do the Giants ensure that they get off to a strong start and get some of these dynamic playmakers involved? Let's go ahead and break it down. Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson. And the Giants have some players returning from injuries today. We've got Saquon Barkley finally getting back involved at practice. And we also have Andrew Thomas and Ben Bredesen. They seem like they're going to be playing in Week 4. It's a tough matchup coming up, a Monday night matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. And the Giants need to make sure that they get off to a strong start in this, in this game because over the last two weeks, we've seen some slow starts for the Giants. The last three weeks, really, the whole season has just been plagued by slow starts from the Giants, and we haven't seen players like Jalen Hyatt getting involved in the game plan. Darren Waller at times has struggled to really become a focal point in the offense. So there's a lot of problems going on with the New York Giants, and in today's episode, we're going to go ahead and discuss how they can get some of those playmakers involved, how these healthy players returning to the lineup will affect the team, and how this team can finally get off to a strong start and play four good quarters of football. But before we dive into all that, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. Without further ado, Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? And what are your thoughts on some of these Giants players returning to practice today? I'm doing pretty good, man. You know, the Giants obviously trending up in the health department. Aziz Ojolari apparently is looking pretty solid, so he's expected to return. Andrew Thomas obviously going through some, uh, you know, I guess real team drills today and the media doesn't get to, get to actually see that so they were only able to see him kind of warming up a little bit doing some basic individual stuff so um, I do think Andrew Thomas is going to play in week four I do think Ben Bredesen is going to play in week four I would ebb on the side of caution with Saquon I think I'd keep him out for one extra week just because if you play him and you know Anthony I think you have a differing opinion than I do on this one but uh, when it comes to Saquon, we've seen that ankle injury pop up in the past. This is not the first time he's injured an ankle. And those things last, man. Like, they don't really go away. But an extra week, if you give him three weeks to recover, you know, more than two weeks, it does a lot of really good for that ankle in terms of keeping the swelling down, allowing it to fully get the mobility back. But the second you're playing in real live action and the adrenaline is pumping and the painkillers are kicking in and you don't feel that thing anymore – you know, you wake up the next day, Tuesday morning, and you're like, oh, shit, my ankle is freaking like a balloon again. You know what I mean? Like, I've been there. It's happened to me many times, um, you know, just playing soccer. But, like, you know, it really is one of those situations where if you take extra care of it, it's going to be a lot better long term. Um, I think the risk of re-aggravating that injury is pretty significant because he's a running back. So I don't think he should play this week. I think giving him that extra week off would go a long way. I think getting Andrew Thomas and Ben Bredesen back is the most important thing um, for this team right now. And I think, look, the the Seattle Seahawks have a 12th ranked pass rush in football, according to PFF. They have some pretty good interior guys, a couple decent outside linebackers. But at the end of the day, the Giants are going to win this game through the air. Yes, they need to establish the run. They, they can't be a one-dimensional offense. They need to utilize play action. Um, but look, if you have your primary offensive lineman in there, you can run behind Thomas and Bredis. And JMS, this, every, every single week, this guy, John Michael Schmitz, is looking to his left, looking to his right. Who the hell is that guy? You know, who the hell is Marcus McCathin? Who the hell is Shane Lemieux? You know what I mean? He has a freaking different guard every time he steps steps onto a football field these days, which is a really bad sign in terms of growth, development, and gelling. You can't, you can't 
develop any sense of familiarity if your guards, your guys playing right next to you are changing every damn day. So end of the day, the Giants have an opportunity here to take a step forward in the health department, which is going to go a long way towards giving them a chance to win, which in a game against Seattle, guys, that probably will have wild card implications down the road. This is a really important game. Um, you know, even though it's early in the season, these two teams will be competing for playoff spots at the end of the day. So, um, or at least we hope so. So that, that's kind of my take on that front. But, you know, Anthony, what do you think about Saquon? Do you think he should play? And do you think Andrew Thomas is going to be on the field? I personally think everybody but Saquon is going to play. I do think everybody but Saquon is going to play, but I do think there's a chance Saquon plays, and I think that he should because the New York Giants, like we said, need to get off to a strong start. They need to start picking up some wins here. One and two through three three weeks is not a very good record, and going up against a Seattle Seahawks team that's very beatable, honestly, I think this is a winnable game for the Giants. I know that they're underdogs going into it, but this is more winnable than the upcoming Miami Dolphins game. They've got, got a tough matchup coming up with the Buffalo Bills as well. This Seattle Seahawks team is beatable for this New York Giants team, in my opinion. Um, and I would like to see them put all of their best players out there and try and go get this win. Now, with Saquon Barkley, do you want to risk him re-aggravating that injury? No, you don't. But if he's fully healthy and ready to play, I don't think there's anything wrong with having him play, but rotating him in the backfield. What the Giants were doing with Saquon Barkley was not sustainable. Having him play 65 of 68 offensive snaps in week two, well, you were asking for him to get injured, and he did. So now going forward, I think that they can find a more happy medium. Work in these guys that have shown that they can play football, like Matt Breida, like Gary Brightwell. Have a little bit more of a rotation, a running back by committee, so to speak. So you can have Saquon Barkley in the lineup as the starting running back in week four. And he can take the bulk of the carries, but you don't have to give him 35 touches. You can give him 15, and he'll make a significant impact on the game and help you win with 15 touches, because he's that dynamic of a player. And then the other 10 touches that usually go his way, divide them evenly between Matt Breida and Gary Brightwell. That's how I would approach the situation with Saquon Barkley. I would play him, but I wouldn't make him your workhorse. I wouldn't overload him. I would just give him a normal running back's workload, right? Because most running backs in the NFL usually play about 60% of the snaps. Saquon Barkley was playing 95% of the snaps. It was an absurd amount and it, it, if they do that to him again, then he probably will get injured again. So I just think that the strategy here with Saquon, he's healthy, he's practicing. If he's ready to play and he's cleared to make contact with other players, let him play because you know that he could be the difference between winning and losing this game with those 15 touches you give him. Hell, even just give him 10 touches and he could be the difference between winning and losing. But give those other 10 to 15 touches to the other running backs on the roster. They've shown that they're capable. They're not liabilities out there for your offense. So play Saquon, but work him in. Do not overwork him. That would be the strategy that I take. Now, there are some other players returning to the lineup that's really exciting. I mean, Andrew Thomas, that could be a night and day difference for this offensive line. In fact, it, it's guaranteed that it will be. A healthy Andrew Thomas is better than 99% of the offensive linemen in the NFL, so you bet your ass he's better than every single other offensive lineman that's on the New York Giants. So having Andrew Thomas back in this lineup, it can't be understated how valuable he is to this team and what an impact he's going to make in week four and so on and so forth. And also Ben Bredesen. Now, I'm not saying Ben Bredesen is some pro bowl or some all pro level player, but he's a good starter and the Giants have lacked good starters these past few weeks. So even getting him back in the lineup, um, obviously he only missed one game last week in week three, but getting him back in the lineup will make a significant difference and helping this offensive line actually provide some stability and some pass protection for Daniel Jones. 
Then on the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned that Alex Aziz Ojolari should be returning to the lineup this week. That's huge news because the past few weeks, we've seen way too many double teams go Kayvon Thibodeau's way. He hasn't done a good job at fighting through those double teams. So hopefully a healthy Aziz Ojolari can go out there and take some of the pressure off of Kayvon's shoulders. And maybe the two of them can start rushing the passer as a tandem like we always wanted them to be. Maybe this means less dropping back into coverage for Kayvon Thibodeau. Maybe uh, you could give those snaps to Aziz Ojolari because for what it's worth in his rookie season, Aziz Ojolari did make a few plays in coverage lining up as a middle linebacker. That is something that the New York Giants used to do with him under the old regime. So wouldn't shock me if those coverage snaps that they're giving to Thibodeau, take those away from Thibodeau, give them to Ojolari if you're going to give them to either one of the edge rushers. But at the end of the day, I'm just happy that the Giants are going to have two starting level edge rushers on the field now because they've been playing with Kayvon Thibodeau and a rotation of practice squad and backup level guys having Aziz Ojolari on the field could be super impactful. So the Giants' health is trending upwards, trending in the right direction. This is huge. This is a healthier team. This is arguably the healthiest team that we've had since week one. But that doesn't mean that the Giants are going to win. They still have to get off to a hot start and establish a tone at the beginning of this game. So how do they do that, Alex? I want to talk about this because we've seen these past few weeks. I mean, we we saw Mike Kafka go into week one and just call, you know, a really great first drive. It all falls apart. Drive two, three straight passing plays, three and out. Drive three, three straight passing plays, three and out. Then you get into week two. The first half of that game was a mess. The Giants are down 20 to zero at halftime. Yes, they make the improbable comeback, but you cannot rely on your team to have that good of a second half every single week. And then even in week three, they got off to a slow start. So how do they fix this? How do they get off to a strong start, establish the tone, you know, get Daniel Jones rolling early in this game and get the defense also playing comfortably and slowing down the other team in the first quarter? Alex, what are your ideas on the Giants getting off to a strong start? So when it comes to starting this game fast, I think it's really imperative that we open up the offense quickly. You know what I mean? I really like the idea of coming out of the gate, taking some shots to guys like Jalen Hyatt, who hasn't been getting a lot of reps, 30% snap share up to this point in the season. It's not enough. You know what I mean? Darius Slayton also get him a little bit more opportunity. You know what I'd love? Play action, first play of the game, deep shot to Slayton or, or Jalen Hyatt. Take an opportunity here, set the tone, and maybe something good happens. You know, have a high-low read, maybe hit the underneath if the guy isn't open downfield. You know, use one of those route concepts that you know. Look, they're going to do a lot of film work. Usually, and, and Anthony, I know you would agree with me on this, a lot of teams script the first drive of the game, right? A lot of teams are going to go out, they're going to script the first drive of the game, try to get something going, and then they're going to use that flow to determine what they're going to do later on. If you know their base defense, if you know what they like to do, you can maneuver around that. You can attack their weaknesses here. So if I'm the Giants, I'm trying to get them to bite down on the run game and then try to take a shot downfield. But you need, and this is, by the way, this is where guys like Andrew Thomas and Brad Bredesen come into play. They tried to do that against the 49ers, and Shane Lemieux got put into Daniel Jones' freaking lap. So what we need to see if those two guys are able to play, which I imagine they will be, I'd love to see a play action rollout to the left side and then a deep ball. Daniel Jones, throw that thing as far as you humanly possibly can and let Jalen Hyatt go chase it down. You know what I mean? He's got that type of speed. You can nuke that thing 50 yards, 60 yards, and let him run after it. You know, you don't. he doesn't have to slow down. And that's the, that's the problem is that we've seen these receivers have to slow down at times for some of the, the balls that Daniel Jones was throwing downfield. There was one specifically, I know you guys probably remember, um, I, I think it was in week two where he threw into Slayton to the left side and it was underthrown by a good five, or five to ten yards. Like it should have been a walk-in touchdown. Slayton had three yards of separation. He was full speed and he had to slow down, ended up having to try to make a 50-50 jump ball. Like that's... That's not like, you know, good quarterbacks lead those throws in and it's easy, easy six. You know what I mean? Like that's, 
how it needs to be. You cannot waste opportunities like that. So we had the big Daniel Jones debate yesterday. That's where he needs to show up. Lead your receivers. Do not let it short fall short because then you're you're risking interceptions. You're risking incompletions. Um, and you know people get injured that way. You know having to like backtrack. They're twisting the ankles and stuff. You, you just give your guy a good pass downfield and bang. Um, and for what it's worth, good good quarterbacks lead their receivers into the throw. You know what I mean? If you know the timing, if you know the route, you should be able to anticipate where the ball needs to be. So if I'm Daniel Jones, I'm not waiting like 25 freaking seconds uh, to throw the football. I'm letting that thing rip as far as I can. And look, Daniel Jones has a, has a trait where he throws laser beams. He throws like absolute darts. If he puts a little bit more loft on the football, you know, just lofts it up there like a rainbow and just throws it further, gives it more hang time, it's going to give Jalen Hyatt, Jairus Slayton, guys like that with speed, time to get underneath of it. When he's throwing these darts, they they come to the ground so fast. You know, they're traveling 50 yards, but they're also like laser beams, so there's no height on it, no time to actually track it down. So I'd love to see him get a little bit more height on it, throw a little bit further, let his receivers go chase it down, because, I mean, guys, you know as well as I do, you know, the second that Jalen Hyatt gets past that that last line of defense, there's nobody catching him. You know what I mean? There's no one that has the makeup speed to catch him on a straight go route if he already has the, the advantage on that and is at full speed. So I'd love for them to open this game up, taking some shots, being explosive, letting the ch- taking the chains off of Daniel Jones. If you see a running opportunity, take it. Let's design some runs for you. Let's get you running early on. Keep the opposing defense on their toes. Keep them focused. They're going to have to spy on Daniel Jones. If you're going to take a guy out of coverage, okay, great. We're going to take that space and throw to Darren Waller up the seams. We're going to take that space and get over to the second level, um, throw it over your on, on throw it over your linebackers on dig routes, whatever it might be. So I feel like right now the Giants have some advantage here. Like they're getting two key linebacker uh, linemen back. You have speed. You can use those linemen to your advantage. Use the play action, roll out, buy yourself some time, manufacture a pocket, and let it rip. I'm I'm tired of these conservative game plans in the first half just to figure out okay, like they're doing this really well. Now we have to adjust. No shit, the 49ers defense defense is going to kick your ass. No shit they're going to put pressure on Daniel Jones. We know this. We don't need to wait till the second half to figure that out. You have to figure out ways to put them on the back burner quickly so that way they have to overcompensate and then you start you start to um, take advantage of mistakes that they make. With Seattle's defense, that's exactly what I want to do. You know, they're going to rush for They're going to have some additional blitzers coming in, but manufactured pockets, use your best offensive lineman, roll out to the left side, and then we can take some shots downfield. So I'm excited, Anthony. You know, what are your thoughts on that, how we could start this game fast in terms of using our weapons, our downfield weapons to our advantage? Yeah, I mean, using the downfield weapons is a huge point of emphasis, in my opinion, because the Giants have completed two passes that have traveled 20-plus yards through the air. Both of them have been completions to Jalen Hyatt. So nobody else on this team has caught one of those deep passes. Daniel Jones has thrown seven of them, and only two of them have been caught in both by Jalen Hyatt. So getting these other guys involved, taking those deep shots to guys like Darius Slayton, who's a great deep threat... Darren Waller, for what it's worth, is an excellent deep threat from the tight end position. It's time to start taking some more shots, taking the top off of these defenses and throwing the ball downfield, stretching the defense vertically, and that'll open things up underneath for you as well. Now, why haven't the Giants been taking a lot of those shots and why haven't they been converting them? Well, there's been a couple of miscues from Daniel Jones, as you alluded to, Alex. He's missed a couple of throws, two to Slayton that I can think of versus Arizona, but also he hasn't necessarily had a lot of time in the pocket to wait for those deep routes to develop. The offensive line has been just so good 
garbage. Like in week three, they tried to dial up a deep shot for Jalen Hyatt. They did try and get one out there, but like you said, Shane Lemieux was already walked back into Daniel Jones's lap within the first second of the play, so he didn't have enough time to see that route breaking open deep down the left sideline and make the throw. So these are the problems that have been facing the Giants, but now with Ben Bredesen taking Lemieux out of the lineup and stepping in there, that should give you that added that added one to two seconds. That buys Daniel Jones just a little bit of time to see that deep route develop. And then, of course, Andrew Thomas being in the lineup, well, that buys you a lot of time from your blind side to go ahead and wait for a deep route to develop. So a lot of factors at play here before the Giants getting those offensive linemen back will hopefully open things up for them in the passing game, get those dynamic playmakers involved. For what it's worth, Darren Waller has scored a touchdown in three of his last four career Monday night football games, so we know that he's due for a touchdown. Maybe this is the week that we finally see Darren Waller get a TD in Big Blue. It's possible. He's also had over 50 receiving yards in four of his last five Monday night football matchups, so Darren Waller, a primetime performer, likes to show out on Monday night, the Giants got to work him into this lineup, especially because the Seattle Seahawks have been playing a lot of zone defense this season, and the stats are showing that they're not very good in zone defense. They're having a lot of miscues, particularly against 20-plus yard passes downfield. They're letting up a 145 overall passer rating on deep shots this season. So what does that tell you if you're the New York Giants? You're reading these stats, you're watching this film? Okay, they're running a lot of cover three zone. I know exactly how to manipulate that because we did that against the Arizona Cardinals for a 58-yard completion of Jalen Hyatt. If you want the full breakdown on that, it's all on the channel. It was a cover three. They had a Yankee concept. They hit Jalen Hyatt deep. Big-time play. Now you're going up against the Seattle Seahawks, who primarily just sit in a cover three zone for the entire game. And you know exactly how to work that. You can take those seam shots. You can manipulate that single high safety. So go out there and go do that if you're the New York Giants and get those playmakers involved. This is the time to do it against the Seahawks defense that has been giving up big chunk plays, been getting beaten over top. Sorry, Julian Love, you know I got love for you, but you haven't been playing the best football when it comes to protecting the deep portion of the field. And the Giants got to know that. They know Julian Love better than anybody. So go out there on your scouting report and let's say take advantage of Julian Love and send a deep shot over him to Darren Waller and let him go up there, make a catch, make a big time play. So there's, there's weaknesses in the Seattle Seahawks defense that the Giants have the matchups to expose like they do have a matchup advantage in this regard in terms of making these deep shots but it's all about the offensive line holding up and giving Daniel Jones enough time in the pocket to make these deep throws so that's going to be the key there but in terms of starting strong how to get off to a good start in this game I actually think it's the opposite Alex it's not about taking those big shots early and often it's about keeping the ball on the ground playing it conservatively and just making sure that on that first drive you at least get some points out of it. No three and out, no two first downs, and then you're done. Have a good, long, sustained drive, like a five to eight minute, 10 minute freaking drive if you need to. Take your time, run the football, pick up those chunk plays, convert those third downs, get in the red zone and convert. If you can't convert, at least make sure you get those three points. But that's how the Giants start out strong. They set a tone and they build some momentum. We've talked about this for a few weeks now, Alex, Daniel Jones is a rhythm-based quarterback, a momentum-based quarterback. When everything is working well behind him, he starts to pick up some steam. He starts to play his best football. But how do the Giants get everything working behind Daniel Jones? Usually, it's by establishing something on the ground, getting a run game going. So for the Giants this week, 
you know, that first drive against Seattle, I want to see them run the ball, be conservative, be careful, and just have a long sustained drive that gets them into the red zone and figure it out from there. That's what I'm hoping to see. Now, when they get to about the 40-yard line on this drive, do they want to take a deep shot, try to expose that cover three with Jalen Hyatt? Yeah, take the shot. But I'm not saying take it on the first play of the game and just be all all out aggressive balls to the wall. I think the Giants need to play conservatively on that first drive, just make sure that they get some points and set a foundation on which they can build for the rest of the game. So that's my take on getting off to a strong start, Alex. But I know you want to see them take some deep shots, have some exciting football out there. So do I. But I do think that establishing the ground game and taking that nice conservative approach early in the game, making sure you keep the ball out of harm's way and just get three points if you need to, I think that's the key to that strong start and ultimately the key to winning this game. Yeah, I mean, look, the Giants have scored six first half points this year. Six points in three games. Six points in three full games. The Giants have scored six points in the first half. I don't want to see any more damn field goals. I'm sorry, Anthony. I don't want to see any more damn field goals. I can't stand it. Less set the tone, get some points on the board. Sure. But I'd like to see some touchdowns. You know what I mean? I'd like to see us march down the field and succeed in the red zone. We can't even get into the freaking red zone, bro. I mean, it's it's bad. It's ugly. It's disappointing. It's, it's freaking travesty to watch. You can't even get in the red zone in three games in the first half, okay? I That is a losing recipe. Straight up. That is how you lose games. Not scoring in the first half is how you lose games because you go into the second half with zero momentum, fighting from behind. If you if you score six points in the first half and three games combined, you pretty much are guaranteeing that you're losing those games going into the second half. And guess what? The Giants were losing all three of those games going into the second half, having to make halftime adjustments, change their play caller, figuring out if God is real and they can save him. I don't know. There's so many different things that the Giants are trying to figure out in the second half that it's it's almost impossible to actually fight back. The fact that we beat the Arizona Cardinals, guys, it was a miracle. You, we can't do that every single week. You know what I mean? We can't do that every week. The Arizona Cardinals just went and beat the Cowboys. You know, they're not a bad team. The fact that we actually beat them is surprising in hindsight. So, you know, thinking about how the Giants can move forward and beat uh, the Seattle Seahawks, a very tough team, a good defense with a good quarterback in Geno Smith and a solid run game. Kenneth Walker's no joke. Offensive lines, okay. Geno will stand in there in the pocket and make throws under duress. Like, man, like, you know who has to show up to this game in this game? Kayvon Thibodeau, brother. Gotta show up, gotta show out. This is the time for you to make some noise, my man, because ultimately you are gonna be the difference in this game. The Giants can score. 20 points, 20 points, right? But at the end of the day, if we don't stop Seattle from scoring more than 20 points, we're probably going to lose this game. And it comes down to the pass rush, the trenches every week for the Giants, if it's the offensive line, if it's the defensive line. Um, and at the end of the day, like we need to see better from everybody. This isn't just a Kayvon Thibodeau conversation. This is a uh, Evan Neal conversation, a Kethan conversation, um, a, a Daniel Jones conversation, a Waller conversation. Uh, every single person on this team has got to be at 150% this week. Fortunately, we're getting guys back and healthy, but I'll say this right now. Um, we can win this game. Like Seattle, they're, they're not a, they're not impervious to losing this is a team that we can beat and for what it's worth we should be beating teams like seattle if we want to be taken seriously if we want to be one of the better teams in football we got to walk into this game and win it in prime time because the giants i mean daniel jones is 1-11 in prime time we can't score touchdowns we've had two prime time games to open up the season both of them we've been embarrassed 
I mean, at some point, that's got to change, right? At some point, you can't not show up in these big contests. The NFL keeps putting us in primetime games for us to be embarrassed in the front of the entire world, or I guess the U.S., and then at the end of the day, you end up walking away from this wondering, okay, like, we're getting embarrassed. Our confidence is getting just diminished week in and week out because we're losing in front of the whole country. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I can't imagine what it does to their psyche, and and that's the the truth. you got to win. If you can win a, a couple of these... Uh, primetime games imagine what it does for your confidence you know what i mean so that's it man it, it really is going to come down to the mental battle the giants want how badly do the giants want this game you know what i mean how badly do they want to win this game if they come out and they're their guns blazing and they're collapsing on the football and they're rallying to the ball carrier and they're making big plays and the and the blocking is good up front and our running backs are performing well and daniel jones is making good reads and good throws we can we could win games guys like i have no question about it but everyone's got to be clicking. It can't be one guy. It can't be Dexter Lawrence every single week. It can't be Andrew Tom. It's got to be the whole damn team. And that's uh, that's really the, the recipe for success. Couldn't have said it better myself. I agree with you. Um, just to make sure my point was clear, though, for the Giants, you said only six points in the first half through three games. If they did get a field goal in the first half, that would be 50% increase, right? So got to take the field goals when you can get them. Don't be too aggressive. My only point was when you have the opportunity to get some points, take the freaking points. You know, don't get too aggressive when you're creeping up on the red zone. Don't just start taking shots into the end zone. Get into the red zone and start to take those handoffs from five yards out and hopefully you just fall into the end zone. But if you don't, take the three points. Live to see another drive. Don't walk away with zero. Don't turn the ball over in the red zone. That kind of thing. The Giants just got to get some freaking points. They got to start scoring some points. Yeah, I want to see them score some goddamn touchdowns of course but if they have an opportunity to get a field goal you never know when you get back to the end of the game maybe you win it by three points and you say thank god we took that field goal we didn't chance it on fourth down ended up not converting and losing so I think that the New York Giants have the opportunity to win this game, upset the Seattle Seahawks. It's not going to be an easy one. Like you said, Alex, this is kind of a preview for a wildcard matchup. This is going to be a tough one, but it is a winnable game for the Giants. And if they do get off to a strong start, these healthy players returning play well, and everything else that we mentioned this episode, I think the Giants can sneak away with a win. And I'm hoping to see that happen. And of course, we're going to update you and have our reaction to the game afterwards right here on Fireside Giants. So make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. Without further ado, we will catch you all in the next one. Have a good one and let's go Giants.